Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome, everybody, to Halloween Unleashed Live. And I am your host, Chris Morgan. We are with Aaron Bass. And, of course, we are welcoming back to the show Miss Marion Hagen. Marion, how are you? I'm great. I'm really great. I'm okay. You know, I mean, it's it's hard times that we're living through, but I'm I'm great. Okay. Considering. <laughs> I agree. So, um, Aaron, are you there? I am right here, man. And to borrow a line from my favorite movie of all time, I am rolling. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Aaron. Love it. This is so surreal. Good evening, Miss <laughs> Marianne. It is a pleasure and honor for you to be here. This is just so surreal. Uh, honey, it's an honor for me to be here too, although I'm not really there with all of you guys. But you know what? This is the miracle of technology. And I think one of the it's hard it's hard to say that there's anything good that came out of the pandemic, but this whole Zoom phenomenon has allowed us to connect, and here we are. Absolutely, it's it's actually made my my job in my marketing business so much easier uh, because um, you know businesses that would not meet with me via Zoom six months ago are lining up at this point and they're totally okay with meeting by Zoom. And I'm like, so there are blessings; you just have to find them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The silver linings, you know, of a global pandemic. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, anyway, hi. I'm so excited to be talking to you, Chris, and you, Aaron, in, for reals. Um, and everybody who's joining in, thank you. And here I am. Well, this is fantastic. So let me just give a rundown to everybody what the what the deal is going to be. We're going to talk for a little while. Um, we will get to audience questions. And when that happens, I will unmute you individually if you care to. And you can ask Marianne a question live. And um, or if you want to put it in the chat room, either Aaron or myself, we'll grab it. We'll do our best to monitor that while we're doing this. We got a few announcements tonight that we will get to. We're going to save those for later. Wink. wink I am constantly on. monitoring chat, guys, so no worries. I've got you six. Thank right. you, Aaron. Absolutely. <laughs> so let, let me go ahead and start this off between you two. Um, Aaron, uh, Marianne's heard the episodes that you co-hosted with me, and you've heard all of her episodes in their entirety. Of course, you've been a, a fan like me of, of this for a long, long time. So um, is there anything that you want to say to her first? I'll go ahead and turn it over to you if there's anything you want to you wanna throw out. And then, Marianne, you can have the opportunity to respond. That sounds awesome. Oh, well, let me pick my jaw up off my desk here for a minute. <laughs> and my goodness, I mean, we actually have Marianne Hagen in our digital house sharing the airwaves with us tonight. I mean, if we could... Fast forward back to September 29th, 1995, almost 25 years ago to the day here, coming up shortly. Yep. My teenage self going in the movie theater, 
who with my boy Keith, we actually watched that movie twice in the same night because the movie theater posted their times incorrectly and we walked into it and it was a quarter of the way through, so we just sat for another whole showing afterwards. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Oh, I, we, we loved it. I mean, unfortunately, the cut that we saw was kind of confusing, but I mean, to have yeah. the star of the show you know, here with us tonight, if you would have told me my 17 year old self that, you know, I'd be sitting across the digital airways with you one night, you know, years down the road, I would never have believed it. I'm still kind of in shock and awe about it. And uh, I just, as a fan, I know I said it in, you know, and over the, uh, over your interviews and, you know, in our banter back and forth, but, you know, can't, can't thank you enough for sparing the time uh, for having done those interviews uh, so appreciative for you to be here with us all tonight and let us monopolize your time with our jabber jawing and back and forth. Uh, so grateful for you to be here. So grateful that you did those interviews and uh, just can't thank you enough. Aaron, it was all my pleasure. And if anyone was jabber jawing, talking to Chris, it was me. And we would start the interview, at, you know, um, like at nine at night. And then it'd be like 2.30 in the morning. We were still talking. And I'm like, I think we should go to sleep now, right? Can we like pick up this? Can we pick this up? You know, like next Friday or tomorrow or whenever works for you. And it's like, Chris was like, oh, yeah. Where did the time go? I mean, so I'm a jabber jar. So watch out. I might, I might take over the show tonight. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, right. you go right it's on ahead. It's all about you anyway. We hand so. it to you on a gold platter. Because, uh, see, yeah. see, here's the thing. Yes, you had your series, and yes, this is a live episode with you. People get to hear us jabberjaw every week, so they're welcome to hear you. So have at it. All <laughs> right. Fair warning given. All right. Um, so – Aaron said something um, that was interesting, which we're going to cover later. But, you know, this is a retrospective bringing you back post your your series. I got to say the the numbers for your episodes were in the 3000s. So um, and they're wow. still being downloaded every day. So. I just got to be honest with you. I, 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 I was astonished. I was blown away. I knew it. I knew it would be huge, but for what you did for unleashed uh, numbers was something I had only dreamed of when I started this podcast a year and a half ago. So oh my I want to say that's so nice. I'm, I'm so happy. That's so nice. Yes. You're officially like, as far as single episodes and the amount of time that, they've been out yeah just completely i can't wait to see the numbers one year from now so you are officially uh, oh, the yeah. Show but, oh yeah but since this is a <laughs> since this is a retrospective series of your series how did how do you think that they came out uh from your perspective you mean um the theatrical release versus the uh, no your uh, your your podcast episodes your your interviews <gasps> Oh, you know, it's really, really gross to listen to yourself. Like, I hate the I way agree. my voice sounds. <laughs> and, yep, I'm right there, too. And I'm just like, ugh, let's throw up. I sound like such an idiot. And I sound like a valley girl. And, you know, um, 
but I, I just, you know, I could talk to Chris for hours and hours, and Aaron, I think I could talk to you for hours and hours too. Um, I'm blushing. But no, but I do. I, <laughs> if I could, you know, suck myself out of myself and listen to the episodes, the the six episodes, just objectively, I loved them. You know. Uh, I, th- I thought they were great. And I was also um, at a point in my life where I was really ready to unleash, if you will, Ooh, about, yeah. Uh, yeah, about Halloween 6. Because when it came out, there was so much hate. And this is before the, like, the internet. It was, you know, came out in um, 95, as you said, you know, September 29th, 95. And Paul and I were just devastated kind of about the way it turned out and people hated it and the views were horrible and we just kind of wanted to just shut up about it and just move forward with our lives and that's kind of what we did as we know Paul became enormously famous who Paul Rudd <laughs> who's uh, that enormous- Enormously. Uh, oh, oh no, Paul Stephen Rudd. As you know. <laughs> oh, that guy. That guy. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, Tommy Doyle. You know. That name rings a um, bell. <laughs> but like, he became enormously famous, so I think it was easier for him to just, you know, be totally distracted by the enormity of his life and move forward. And I kind of just held on to, you know, stuff about it. And I kind of didn't want to talk about it because I would then have to explain, you don't understand what happened on set and this is what happened. And then we saw the producers cut that spring and that sucked. And then we were like, oh, you have to come. And then we heard you have to come back and do reshoots. And we're like, reshoots? What? The movie's in the can. It's done. The costumes have been burned. They had to redo costumes. It was like a total, you know, uh, not fiasco, but it was just crazy. And we were shooting the movie while they were saying, like, oh, three weeks from now, it's premiering. And we were like, what? And um, it just... And then the, then the theatrical release, obviously, which I went to in New York City with my whole family and all my friends, a bunch of people, we kind of took over this theater, uh, the Clearview Theater in Chelsea, and saw it. And I kind of was just so stunned by what I saw. I didn't understand certain things. And it really bothered me. And I felt the need to explain to every living person who would listen to me, like, you don't understand what happened. And, and then I, I just got so sick of that. And I just, then I just kind of didn't want to talk about it for years. And Chris kind of caught me at an ideal moment where I've left all the, regret i mean nothing the actors did uh caused it to be confusing both the theatrical cut and the producer's cut it was just well you know the it was the, that 
It was all the it was all the peaching that uh, everybody was doing. All the what, honey? Uh, marking their territory, peaching. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. That, I've never heard that term before. Peaching. Or tree. Or tree peeing. Whatever. I, mean, I didn't want people to get the visual that the tree is taking a leak. I wanted to get the visual that I'm taking a leak on the tree, and then someone comes up next to me and says, "Well, I can do that one better," and then pees on the same spot that you did it's the whole exactly. dog thing and uh, you know what i want to actually go back to something i just said off the cuff a few minutes ago mm -hmm. that the producers cut sucked i we didn't think it sucked as you heard from daniel Ferrens's amazing series of interviews with you chris as well as myself it's not like it sucked it just wasn't the script exactly it's not what we thought we were going to see so um yeah and you know most people i talk to prefer the producer's cut the people who've been able to see it you know they pre they prefer the producer's cut um and i, I have to say I think I do too, but the one thing I really like about the theatrical cut is me swinging that lead pipe at Michael Myers um, because that was we that was shot in the reshoots. Yes, eight months later. Yeah, um, you know the reshoots we did in L.A. Uh, trying to match everything you know continuity is a huge deal with movies and um it, i think it was shot at like 2 30 in the morning and paul and i were like basically in the fetal position just waiting for them to say okay we're setting up the next shot and it was my shot where i had to swing that lead pipe at uh you know, Michael Myers. And I just put all of my frustration and confusion about WTF is going on. <laughs> there you go. At Michael Myers. And so I do have a catharsis. I have like a cathartic feeling when I do catch the movie on TV. Sometimes I'm just roaming around channels and I'm like, oh my God, that's me. And and then I just watch it to the end, and I have to see that scene where I just pound him, and I do incapacitate him for a little while. I don't quote unquote kill him, but I do incapacitate him for a minute, second, whatever. So I have to I have to ask this, and um, everyone probably wants to know in the theatrical cut what was the green ooze, and why was it? Uh, Paul Freeman's um, demon child. No idea. <laughs> never, never was told about it. Consulted about it. We didn't. We didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, and I know that sounds so crazy because I would think it would be crazy too. But no. we really, it, it was like we didn't, the, uh, we weren't in any of the shots with the green ooze. And 
but we were never really told what it, what it was, what it was supposed to be. I mean, basically, here's the deal. From the moment I go out the window, except it wasn't me, it was this amazing stunt double, who goes out the window in the producer's cut, every single thing after that was the reshoots, except for when um, Tommy Doyle and Danny and I go off in the red Jeep, which mm -hmm. Daniel Ferens liked to call, we're going for a happy meal now. Um, like, <laughs> how did we go through all of that horror and terror and being beaten up? And we all looked like really kind of good because they were using a shot from the, from the producer's cut. But everything after me going out the window, other than the red Jeep, uh, AKA we're going for a happy meal now to McDonald's, um, was the reshoots and we were not consulted about it. Uh, and it was fun. So I don't really understand who made it up, but you know, the director and people were huddling in corners talking about stuff and the production design people had created this whole new, the spaceship um, set. What, honey? The spaceship set. That, that's what it looked like. It looked like a giant spaceship <laughs> inside there. It looked like a shot. Well, exactly. And back in Utah, during the original shoot, aka Producers Cut, it was the Druid sort of this amazing set. It was um, great. It, oh, it was gorgeous. And I, I was interviewed on Entertainment Tonight, and because they came to the set and I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm like being interviewed by entertainment tonight. But we went, I, I show them the whole set and it was gorgeous. And it took, it's like a theater set. What they did was unbelievable. And none of that was seen in, no. in the theatrical release. None of it. Well, we got to see, um, a naked baby at the very beginning on that set during the opening credits, but that was it. And I, right, I exactly. Went, so then you're like, well, what is that? What, what was that? And yeah. why didn't they come back around to that? Um, with the symbol of thorn and this whole, it, the people in the, the robes, you know, I think it was Daniel Ferrance who said, somebody who shall remain nameless, <laughs> um said exactly. you know no no more fucking robes um and that's kind of i think one of the reasons why they wanted to do reshoots is that they wanted to just cut the druid uh, underground cult in haddonfield theme thing from the movie but there you have it in the beginning of the movie in both both you know, cuts, there's the baby yeah. lying, you know, with candles around and this whole uh, real druid thing. And you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, what's going on? I guess we're going to like find out. And then you never find out. You know what would be hilarious is if uh, we could track down the, the baby that was the baby in the movie today. Oh. <laughs> my god that would be hilarious right 
that would be amazing. We're like, I always wonder. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, you know, I've, 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 you know, been on other sets, you know, throughout my career as an actress. And there have been numerous times where they use like a real baby for the suit. And I think, what kind of parents would allow their child, their newborn baby, this beautiful, immaculate being, to be like used in that way? Um, and I guess it's parents who want some money, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it is really weird when there's a freaking baby on the set yeah. that's supposed to be part of the scenes. And, you know, most of the movie, when I'm holding the baby, um, it's, it was a fake doll that now, had a blanket around it. Now, do you think that there was a nude clause in the baby's contract to be able to appear nude at the beginning? Or uh, I'm, I'm really good yeah. point. Yeah. I thought that too. I'm like, wow, those parents did not negotiate well enough because, you know, you have to get paid a lot more money to do nudity. The yeah. nudity clause, man. <laughs> well, um, so you, I've you never would- done. By the way, I've never done nudity. No, and we've we've banned all questions uh, from being asked, even about the scene that uh, Tommy was a peeping Tom. So uh, that's kind of funny. I'm in a white bikini, basically. I mean, it's my God, what kids run around in today? It's crazy. You know, (laughs) yeah. You you know, but the one thing is, is you you haven't probably seen some of the people that. I'm going to try to put it politely and professionally, but have fantasized about that scene because of, because of that, you know, you, really? you, oh you lit God. up a lot of screens during that. And it's, but believe me, I, oh. I, I, I've seen the conversation and I'm going, okay, you do realize you see about the same amount of skin at a beach, you know, <laughs> I mean, come totally. on. Guys. And Oh, Oh, Chris, I forgot to tell you this in our, in our talks, uh, you know, the non-live talks. Okay, so Mariah O'Brien, who's awesome and amazing. I'm not saying anything that anyone doesn't know. And I've seen her on the internet, you know, on YouTube talking about her nudity in the movie um, and how her agents had to go back and forth about will we show one boob, two boobs, like one shot, how's it going to happen? All this crazy stuff that needs to be negotiated so that she wasn't like completely, uh, I I don't know, abused on the set. Um, So the night that we're shooting the scene where I take off my boxer shorts and my robe and my t-shirt and I'm wearing, you know, a white, bikini basically by the way those costume items were mine that was my bra and my panties used um but anyway uh paul freed friedman the producer um with the gold chains Uh tried to make me somehow 
have no bra under my t-shirt and Daniel was still on set because I found Daniel told me that Paul Freeman was like, this is ridiculous. What are we doing? Like watching her taking off her robe and then her t-shirt and their boxers. Like just, just like take off the robe and she should be topless. And I was really young and I could have been sort of harassed into actually doing that, but I was raised Roman Catholic and I was like, no way. There is absolutely, I couldn't call my agent or my manager. We were shooting it at night, you know, they weren't. Right. And, and this is before you could just text someone and get an immediate response. Um, we, you know, I mean, this was in the olden days in 1996. So, and I just, I, I, I was like, well, n- no, no, no way. My parents could never see this movie if I were topless. And and I just, and I just don't. And and also I was just like, I don't want to be topless in, in, in the movie. It doesn't make sense because I live to the end of the movie. It makes no sense because as we know from you know, all of the courses we've taken in college about horror movies. It's sort of like this puritanical retribution that any of the horror movie uh, villain icons, or maybe you don't consider them villains, but Michael Myers and Freddie and Jason, if you're naked and having sex, you're going to be killed pretty soon. It's funny you say that because Hannah just said that in the chat room. So Hannah's Hannah said two things. Hannah said two things. She says, "Yes, girl, you tell them no way." And then she says, "The final girls don't get naked." (laughs) Wait, am I supposed to be seeing the chat room? No, no, it's fine. We're 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 gonna feed it to you. So it's it's okay because because Hannah, I love you, baby. I totally agree, and. I was not a horror movie aficionado before I shot, you know, shot the movie, but I picked up really quickly this one theme of Michael Myers walked in on his sister having sex and the, the history, you know, everything else is history. Right. And women who get naked or are having sex and actually guys too, you know, like they're going to be killed. Sure. So that would just have been completely wrong in every way. If I just like, Oh, taking off my robe. And like, I just happened to be naked under here. Um, you would be expecting me to be killed right away. And not that, I mean, it's just, it's just not the way horror movies work. No, and um, about a year, year and a half later, Scream actually broke that rule. But well, I mean, they didn't show her naked or anything. But uh, Sydney Prescott had sex in Scream, and we all thought, "Oh, she's the next to die." And then th- they were the first franchise to break that rule, which was different. Um, Can I were... ask you a really stupid question? Sure. Because um, sure. you know, even now, I'm not a horror movie aficionado. I mean, I know a bit just from being like a human being on the planet earth. But what franchise was that? Scream. 
Oh, but yeah. Well, scream. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So Scream, yeah. I mean, they were breaking the rules and they were also kind of doing the satire, a satire. Yes. About horror movies. Yes. And all of the uh, uh, sort of uh, tropes that we've come to know. And yes. And I, I think they probably did that on purpose, didn't they? I mean, I haven't read about it. Yeah, so they they trick the audience into thinking, oh boy, okay, here, here, just it's gonna come. She's gonna be killed, and then she wasn't. That's right, and that's that was what right. um, not- you know all the things that they did in that film to break the rules and to change the genre was it was it was breaking ground, cutting edge, and that's why it got the high praise that it did. I mean, it was, it was very well done, but at the same oh, time, I love scream. I just, yeah, I, it, I don't, I just don't know the character's name when you use the character's name. I, I, I don't know it by heart. Nev Campbell's character. Nev Campbell. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> got it. Okay. So um, going back, um, you had mentioned earlier that I had reached out at, a really good time. Um, I'll be honest. And I, I know I've told you this privately, haven't said it really publicly is, you know, when I sent that message, we had just started season two of the podcast and uh, we knew that we were going to have Dan on. And I just, I remember telling Brandon and Dylan, I said, I'm going to throw it out and just see it. You know, I've, I'm following her on Instagram. I'm just going to reach out, take a shot in the dark and see if I even get a response. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, a week and a half later, it was on a Friday in January. uh, You wrote me back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. And that's how it all started. And look where we are almost seven months later. We have a series under our belt um, that, you know, everybody is extremely proud of and very happy about. And we have a friendship now and it's, it's just one of those things that when Aaron said earlier, this is so surreal, surreal. Thank you. Um, is I feel, I felt the same way. Cause I'm like, wow, this is, this is something that a lot of people don't get, you know, and I was, I was lucky. So for those that don't know, I mean, what was it? I, I mean, obviously you knew that I knew Daniel and all that. I mean, you know, it's just to take a shot to go on a podcast where you haven't really talked very openly about Halloween six in the past, you know, like you just said that you were able to start talking about it. Um, I, I, I feel very honored that you did that, you know, um, yeah. and, um. you know, it's just for, for those that don't know, I get asked the question all the time and I figured I would save it for, for this. So I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. Um, but you know, what, for those out there that, that are wondering that will hear this, what led you to the decision to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this for this guy. Okay. So, um, uh, how do I put this? Because I was in Halloween 6 and I've done a few other horror movies, Last Kind Words, um, had a split second in Stakeland. I was supposed to have a bigger role, but that's a whole other disastrous story I won't go into. Um, I would get um, 
people contacting me through social media that I didn't know. And sometimes it was um, not great. And when you contacted me, I just thought, oh, he, he writes in full sentences and okay. And then I listened to the first one or two episodes that you did with Dan. I vetted you, Chris. I vetted <laughs> you. Um, so that I was sure that you were not, you know, I don't know. A weirdo? For no, rightfully so. Chris can come off pervy sometimes. Hey, <laughs> easy. Never, ever, ever. So <laughs> anyway, w- but you were so smart. And your conversation with Daniel, who's also so smart, back and forth, which just delighted me. And it was January. And uh, this was pre-COVID, but still I was stuck inside because freaking freezing out and I I took the time and I really listened and I was like you know what this guy Chris Morton is kind of really kind of cool I think I'm gonna I don't know if Daniel has been interviewed by him he must be okay and so that's when I I got back to you i think it was just a combination of it being um you know you just were really really smart and cool in the interview and i knew if daniel uh was your friend and was giving you his time that uh, you know if Daniel vetted you and you were cool and I know that you guys had been friends for several years prior, mm-hmm. I knew that you were okay. So I just figured, well, yeah. And it's been enough time. I, 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 I can talk about Halloween six. I can talk about the set in Salt Lake city and the principal shooting, which was the producer's cut. And then, everything that went on with the theatrical cut and it won't make me have a heart attack. So, okay, cool. And so, yeah. Well, I, I gotta say, um, thank you for, for, for those words. Um, uh, you kind of got me at a loss for them right now. So thank no, you. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's all true. I mean, I'm not, I, I appreciate it. No, I, all, no, no, true. you don't, but I, I definitely appreciate you saying that. Um, that's, that's really, really kind. Um, Aaron, I feel like I've been asking a lot, um, and you're, you're kind of quiet over there. Is there anything that you want to chime in with, um, before I move on or do you, are you okay? Yeah. Well, number one, I've just, I love listening to Marianne talk just like we all do, which is why, you know, she is a show stealer, which is why her, you know, that uh, all the download numbers of her interview, you know, reflect that as well. But yeah, actually I did want to say uh, to Marianne, I know you were saying a while ago uh, when you first started talking about it, about how, you know, there was a lot of hate uh, for Halloween 6 after it came out. And if I can just offer some perspective on that as a fan myself, I think the initial backlash about the film uh, was, it probably was rooted in the fact that um, you know, in 88, Halloween 4 comes out, okay? 
and it was very, very well received. I mean, everybody loved it. It went right. over so well. Yep. And then the following year, part five comes out and it was, I know there's fans out there of it. I hope I don't offend anyone by saying this, but compared to part four, it was just a clusterfuck. The drizzling shits. Yes, it was a clusterfuck. It was such a disappointment. So when the commercials started coming out for part six back in the late summer of 95, you know, I mean, I still remember the commercials to this day. They're forever burned in my head and wow. because they got me so excited. And I was just like, oh, man, you know, they're, they're going to make good. They're going to make up for whatever part five was supposed to be. And then we right. go and we see part six. And, you know, it was like it was like you, you're sitting in the theater and you could as a fan, you could feel, you know, the elements, you know, that, you know, that Daniel, you know, the, you know, he that the elements of the writing that he put in, you know, it was kind of like trying to start a car. Okay. And the car is trying to start to trying to start to try to start. And you think all of a sudden it's going to start up and it's just going to take off and it not so much. And then, you know, I'll, I'll give it to whoever was in charge of the reshoots because in terms of like you were talking earlier, continuity, they really did a good job of continuity. I would never have thought uh, in a million years that, you know, that those, that those shots and those, those scenes were done, you know, months down the road. I mean, I just, I couldn't tell, but you know, it was just, it felt like uh, a, a cut copy and pasted movie. And, you know, to, after the disappointment that was part five and after all the hype and buildup that was part six and we come out and it just, it, you know, it was, it was like a letdown all over again. So I think that kind of just, you know, fed into the, into the backlash of it because, you know, I've, because of you and because of Chris and, you know, the producers cut and, you know, and Daniel Farron's interview, uh, I've gained a whole new appreciation for it and I really do like it now. And I mean, it's, it's something that I can understand better now and I can really appreciate a lot better now than I did when I first saw it, even though, you know, you were like we said earlier, you know, you were by far the film's saving grace. And, um, well, you know, okay, Aaron, I'm going to, uh, take my comments last to first number uh last i was not saving grace of the movie donald pleasance was i mean that man can make a line like you are a madman sound like shakespeare mm, i stand corrected you know what i mean right yes yes ma'am no, absolutely I'm, I'm not like pushing back on your compliment to me i mean i love it and please more compliments like <laughs> i love compliments thank you but i you know i just wanted to point that out and um daniel farron's was the one who made paul and i very aware that it had been way too long um since halloween five and now we're shooting halloween six and this is a really big deal for the fans because we kind of didn't know as i i went into with chris in our interview um i i remember exactly where i was and who i was with when i saw halloween one in the movie theater um and then seeing halloween two on tv and then my life 
you know, I went to college and acting school and all that stuff. And I just sort of missed three, four and five. But as I said, I watched them except for three. I was advised to not watch three uh, before a shooting six. But Daniel really explained like you guys, you have no idea. The fans have been waiting. It's been five years since Halloween five came out and everyone's wondering like, where is Halloween six? Where is six? Where is six? So Paul and I really took that on our shoulders and really wanted to make or to help make the best freaking horror movie ever. And we really cared deeply. I mean, we were so um, obsessed with it and obsessed with the fact that we were a part of this franchise and, you know, Halloween one is a masterpiece and we need to make, we want to bring Halloween six back to Halloween one, no over gore, no any of that, but still scared the freaking shit out of you. And, and we were just like, we were crazy people. We were like, Oh my God, Let's run this scene again. This has the scene has to be perfect. Let's just like, do the lines of back and forth, back and forth. Like we gotta, uh. and that's I think. So we were we were made aware of the impact that Halloween Six was inevitably going to make, good or bad. Um, and we tried really hard to make it good, um, but certain things were out of our control. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you that the hate was sort of like, there was so much anticipation for this movie. And then when it was confusing and certain things didn't make sense, people just wanted to like throw their popcorn toward the screen and be like, what, what was that? I don't get it. And you know what? We didn't get it either so join the club um definitely great uh great answer uh great great talk there there's a couple of things being mentioned here in the chat and again i was going to save this for later but marianne we can feel free to talk about this as much as we want uh eric eric hofer and chad rose are in the chat yeah eric eric said uh asked uh, because I know this has probably been asked a lot, but my wife was wondering if you would do another Halloween movie if they asked or wanted you to. Then Chad Rose followed up was, I've always wanted an H- H6 follow-up film. Should should we drop anything during this now since that's being asked or should we wait on that? I think it's... Uh- as an actor, I'm, I'm really well aware that I am just, you know, a little part of a movie. Um, I don't, I think you as the writer and the director, maybe you want to drop it because I, I, you know, I'm just a hired help. Uh, <laughs> well, um, yeah, well, 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 first of all, it. 
well, go well, for first, it. No, hang on. First of all, would you ever appear in another Halloween film if if you were asked? That's what Eric did ask, and then we'll address chat. And if okay, you knew okay. the script wasn't going to be changed on you, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, um, I don't. I can't really quite remember what we discussed. I mean, but Paul and I both signed agreements that we would appear in Halloween Seven. And then, um, years later, when I ran into him, because, you know, when we shot the movie, it was pre-internet, it was pre-email. And if you wanted to stay in touch with someone, you had to have their phone number. And we kind of just like, you know, like normal people, like you work on something and then you go away and live your life. And then we ran into each other. At some point, our lives intersected a few years later, and we were laughing so hard about. <coughs> Sorry, okay. I was just. <coughs> you guys, <coughs> choking. That pizza went down the wrong way. I'm eating pizza. I'm trying to talk. And I'm so jealous. Um, you got a New York pizza in front of you. <laughs> it sounds Thank delicious, you. kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> that like our agents like fought so hard for our contracts for Halloween seven. And then they didn't even want us. Ah, can you believe like we weren't even invited to the party and it was just like, wow. But yes, um, I, I, I would do another horror Halloween horror movie, but you know, I've yet to be asked. So you know, well, I, I'm, a girl, I'm a girl and I need to be asked to the prom, you know? Well, son? there's a certain someone named Chris Morgan from Orlando that asked you to the prom. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did a couple of follow-up sequels to Halloween 6 that you watched. Yep. And then it was at that moment that I said, hey, just a shot in the dark. If I could write a good film. Yep. And then we could do some sort of a, I don't know, crowdfunding type thing to where we could raise enough money to make the fans, the producers, and give them all the sequel that to Halloween 6 that we would all want. Would you be interested? And were yep. you interested? You know I was. I said yes. And you, you sent me your script. Uh, can I say the title of it? Absolutely. The Curse of Halloween. And um, and it's brilliant. I loved it. And and I said, I believe I said, yes, of course. Of course. Let's do of course. it. Like, you know it, baby. I mean, Chris, I consider you a real friend. Same here. In real life. You know, not on the internet where you just, you know, social media, it's like, oh, I loved you in Halloween 6, and I love that. And it's like, <laughs> thanks, whatever. Some people are less appropriate, as we discussed earlier. Um, and I get messages from uh, people who say really horrible, inappropriate things. 
Um, and that, and the fact that we met over the internet and now I consider you a dear friend. That's a miracle for me because I don't trust freaking anybody. Okay. At this point. And so, um, I, you know, I am, if we can just get past this freaking COVID crisis, Thank I you. mean, this would be a completely different conversation right now, but yeah, you know, we, we, what, we would, we would already uh, be, we would have shot it for Christ's sake. We Excuse either me. shot it, but we at least would have been having a smoked brisket or getting together. We, we, we had plans for all that. Don't and then tease with the barbecue. I, I, I will tease all day long. It's kind of like my middle name. Um, but yeah, those are your pervy, but yeah, for, for all those, if they haven't wrapped their heads around this, Marianne and I are working on putting together a Halloween seven taking place 25, 30 years into the future where Danny has his own family and you know, she's still very much involved. Um, that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to drop this too. I've asked, Aaron, I've asked Aaron to be the shape and chase oh, you around on screen. Uh, Aaron, you go, you go, baby. I mean, it's, it's, Basically, what Chris is saying is he wrote the part for me. Kara Strode, we, we, we revisit Kara Strode, who was never revisited. Right. Um, and that's one thing I can sort of take for, like, they didn't recast me, which would just be so traumatic as an actor just to be like, oh, my God, I was so bad they recast me. Um, but it, it's, it's me, but it's me now. And I'm a 53-year-old woman, and I don't look hideous, but, you know, I don't look like what I looked like when we shot Halloween 6. Marianne, you are your own worst critic. Yeah, I was about to say that. Thank you. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not fishing for compliments, guys. No, but you are are a beautiful person inside and out. And Marianne, you're a valley girl forever. <laughs> well, Valley, uh, you know, when I say Valley girl, I mean that in a very um, derogative way because the, the whole idea of a Valley girl is like, oh my God, I'm like so freaked out right now. I'm like freaking out. Like, you are so brody, brody to the max, gag me with a spoon. And when I listened to myself, when I was talking to Chris, I was like, oh, I sound like that. And I didn't grow up in any, (laughs) I didn't grow up in California. I grew up in the Hudson Valley um, in New York. Uh, That's the only valley I know. But, um, uh, but Aaron, if you mean you're a Valley girl forever as a compliment, you know, I'm going to take it. Right. Oh, absolutely. When I think of Valley Girl, I think back to Elizabeth Shue's character in the original Karate Kid. You know, she was anything but like, you know, the the stereotypical, like, you know, uh, empty-headed cheerleader type. And I mean, just to... Uh, just to pass along some uh, some of our, uh, some of our uh, audience's uh, thoughts from chat as well. Uh, Hannah wanted to let you know that you are glowing all the time and you are. I love Hannah. 
Christopher I Webb wanted you to know that your soul love, has not aged a bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go on. Oh, no, no problem. Christopher Webb wanted you to know that your soul has not aged a bit. Oh, man. Thank you. That That's like really freaking deep. And, you know, we're, go we're all going through really, really hard times right now. Something that when, when Chris and I first connected back in January, we couldn't have even imagined, but Chris knows I got really sick yeah. and I, I couldn't get better. And I had this dry hacking cough. No one was talking about COVID. It was something that was happening elsewhere. You certainly couldn't get a test for it. I was sick for the entire month of February, and I had to keep postponing on Chris because I lost my voice. Yeah. I was on antibiotics. I was on steroids like prednisone, um, anti-inflammatories. I was on three different antibiotics like the, the whole month, I would keep going back to urgent care saying, Look, I'm not better. I'm not better. Like, what's going on? But at the same time, there was the, there was like this distant, distant talk of this mysterious Chinese virus, right? And I felt so horrible. I had to keep canceling on Chris. And I was so worried he was going to think I was a freaking flake. But I could, I was really, really sick. And I know I had, I, I, now there's nothing anyone can tell me that will disabuse me of the notion that I did not have COVID-19. I absolutely did. And when there's a reliable antibody test available, because right now the ones that are being offered are just being fast-tracked through the FDA and they're bullshit. Um, and the, the false negative is 30 to 50%. Hello. It's, you know, but when there is a valid one, I, I need to get that test because I need to know. I know I had COVID-19. Chris, don't you agree? Don't you find the timing yeah. of that really eerie? Yes. Because we and were, we, what you're dealing with right now in Florida, or should I not say where you live? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Knows. I'm I'm in Central Florida. It's fine. Well, the entire yeah, the, you're in the you're in the state of Florida. Um, so, but back then, we didn't know, and no. it, and and now here we are. It we're almost in July, and. Uh, we're still dealing with this. And I'm just wondering, is anyone else who's listening, are they living in a state where COVID is really spiking? Um, and, and how are you doing? And how are, is your family doing? At, and I mean, mentally, psychologically, and physically, when I say that. Um, you know, if anyone has questions about that, because now New York State, is doing really well, question mark. Um, but we hope it stays that way. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's been a long, a long haul. What was your question again? <laughs> well, I, I'm just going to interject there. Um, yes, you, you, you were really sick. I, I never told you this. I never thought you were flaking. I mean, I heard it in your voice. You know, we talked quite a bit and yeah. what everybody says, I could barely talk. I, like, I know. And you were, you, you were still, you were still calling to update me that, you know, what was going on. Uh, but the one thing that I never, you know, looking back now that we're in a different position than we were six months ago, the one thing is, is you can find blessings and everything. And the one thing I will say is all it did, it might've been a little bit of a postponement, but what we were doing is we were laying the groundwork for a foundational friendship that yep. we wouldn't have been able to do if you were 100%. You know, we would have hit the ground running and we would have been doing interviews. Yes, we would have had a good time. We would have been friends, but we got to really build some really foundational friend friendship there, you know, during uh, that time. Oh, 1000% agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we would have been coming out with the announcement about we're shooting the Curse of Halloween, and I, I would have been down in Florida, staying at my sister's place. I would have driven up and met you, and we would have been figuring out, like, okay, you know, like, boom, 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 how are we making this work? Where are we going to shoot it? This is how we're going to do it, blah, 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 blah. And then, boom, slam down. Yeah, you know, shelter in place. But uh, see, here, stay but, at home. You know, who? I don't even still understand what is the appropriate term we're supposed to use. There's shelter in place. There's quarantining, and there's um, lockdown. You know, and and we all sort of use those terms interchangeably depending on what state we're living in, but. I mean, New York got, you know, as you know, slammed really quickly um, early on. And, um, and Florida, you know, was kind of stable. But, you know, now it's, it's just all different. But I'm just putting it out there. What do people call it when you – because when – what Chris, the minute the shelter-in-place thing went into effect – you know, we had to get my parents back from Florida and, you know, that whole situation. And um, it was just like, we stopped talking about the future. Yeah, we did. And when we were going to do this, because it became all the unknown. Well, this this is the first time that we've talked about it in three and a half months. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, it, it's hard to believe it's been three and a half months, but it, it has. Um, but I remember us texting back and forth and I told you, I, I have this, I was so excited to send that script to you because I was, you know, we were it's just, brilliant. we it's were brilliant. just, we were just getting going with the episodes just about to drop and that is high praise right there. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, the, thank the, you, Aaron, for reminding Chris to say thank you after a compliment. 
No, I'm just I, <laughs> I, I get something in my head and I want to get it out before I lose it. Uh, it I, I'm ha- that's happening to me a lot nowadays, and it's it's unfortunate. But um, no, the the main thing is is uh, you know I wanted to give you something exciting that you didn't get on part six like you had a bait and switch you had daniel farron's script and i'm not saying i'm any daniel farron's but i wanted to pay respect to that original material and give kara strode something to sink her teeth into and that was deep and something that was that that could captivate an audience that could bring Michael back into being scary and Aaron read it and Aaron throw your throw your two cents about it without giving too much away I mean you even said about some of the tone of it well yeah you know I you what are you, I think you sent that to me like around 11 30 at night and I was I was messaging you back at like 1.30 in the morning, like not even quite two hours later because I started reading it and I just, I couldn't stop. I started reading it and I was, I was just, I was in it. You know, I was all in, you know, I was, you had me hook, line and sinker from page one. And I just, you know, I was, I was hitting you up. You know, you had messages waiting on you, you know, in messenger the following morning because, you know, I had, I had input and feedback and, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we took it from there and, uh, you know, there's, there's been some, some add on and some extras put in there that just spice. So Aaron, are you, are you going to be one of the producers? Yes, he, he will be. And he will get some of, uh, some of the writing credit too, because we sat there as producers and just kind of hashed some of this stuff out. And he started hitting me with some things. Cause I was writing it so fast. And yeah, well, don't worry. Things are going to change. I mean, right, exactly. You know, uh, but one, but one of the things he did is he said that it played out so much like a movie, and his girlfriend was reading it to him while he was cooking dinner. And um, sorry, Aaron, I'm putting words in your mouth. Uh, but <laughs> um, no, you but, are absolutely spot on. I, I just remembered that. That's right. But but he would he would say he would call me up and say, hey, do you ha- do you have five minutes? And I'm like, yeah. And he's talking about one of the scenes and he's like, if we could just do this, have you thought about th- doing it this way? And obviously I'm not going to talk about it because it'll give it away. But right. then we would sit there like Aaron and I do and we would just banter. And, you know, he would argue his side and then I would argue my side. It was discussion, not argument, but we would discuss each side and then why things were happening. And then we would find like a medium ground to where we took both of our basic ideas and we married them in a different way that came out so much better. And then I'm like, I got to write that down. And so then it would, then it would end up getting tweaked or rewritten and put into the script. And then is that, is that in the script you, you sent me? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. So Aaron's input is what I read. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, in eight days, you know, um, I think one of the message I had waiting for, for me is like, I just finished and correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but was you wrote this in eight days. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that was it. That was, I think that was my very first question. Like you turned this out in eight days, you know, did you sleep? Yeah. I, 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 you know what? 
I, I'm I'm now gobsmacked because I thought this was a script that you had been sort of ruminating about and working on oh, I for have. a long time. No, eight days. I, all right. All right. Well, let's bow down to Chris Morgan right now. That's insane. Please don't. Please don't. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, I mean, <laughs> don't no, that's, swell that that's, head up anymore. That's amazing are there any like is there any other questions that people like yes. calling in have yeah i'm seeing stuff at the bottom of my screen um we need this film um it's just like showing up yeah chris so knows that i'm 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 technically really bad um i'm sort of a luddite which if you don't know that term it's someone who's like suspicious of technology and doesn't trust it nothing wrong with a lot that. of people yeah, a lot of a lot of people say um for years i said i'm a luddite and then i actually looked it up in the dictionary and i saw the pronunciation and luddite is the proper pronunciation but it's someone and it's it's you know been for over a century, and it actually was a term used during the industrial revolution, um, which meant that you were someone who was not on board with all of these changes that are happening. You know, so uh, I've always been slow to the table and and late to the party. Uh, to use two metaphors um, about technology, but I, I'm now kind of uh, I'm a little bit on board. Um, but okay, so now my screen is changing. Someone wants to ask me a question. Yeah. So what we're going to do at this moment? Anybody who wants to speak, um, I will have to unmute you. You can ask your question, um, Marianne. You can answer. And they can talk directly to you if that's okay. Uh, that's perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. So that's any, what we're doing this for, right? If, if yeah, exactly. If anybody wants to ask Marianne a direct question, let me know. I will unmute you, and you can ask. Everybody's her hand just went up. <laughs> uh, Hannah wants to talk to you, so I'm going to unmute her. Hi, Hannah. Oh my God, I love you so much for what you, you said. Hannah, hey, can hi, you hear Hannah? her? She's unmuted. She should be. Uh, hi, is I'm, that better? I'm, that's better. There you hi. go. Hi. Oh, I'm here. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm just, this is really exciting that I'm, be, uh, I'm, I'm able to talk to you. So, yeah, I definitely have a, a really interesting question. Um, so, just, you know, the scene where you guys, where they cut out the electricity and you had to go find Danny in the dark house. Did you actually push George P. Wilbur down the stairs? <laughs> I never um, did. Wait. Oh, oh, down in the house, down the stairs. I'm yeah. sorry. Sweet. I, I was thinking like outside the house when I was pounding on the door. Um, yeah. It wasn't like a real push. And actually, George Wilbur, who played Michael Myers in 
the, the, you know, the original shoot that was five weeks long in Salt Lake City, Utah. And George Wilbur is just an amazing human being. He's a stunt man. He's just a good person. He's, you know, all of the people who know about Halloween movies know that he's played the shape in several of them. I never pushed him really down the stairs. He made it look like I was really pushing him. Like I would like kind of shove my arms forward and the, he would like, like shoot back, like art, you know, like and fall down the stairs. Uh, yeah. Um, Cause it looked really good. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, you know what, Hannah? The great unsung heroes of not just horror movies, but all movies are stunt people. <coughs> I'm sorry. I just have a tickle in my throat. Um, because the woman who played my stunt double, where I'm supposed to go out the window, where, mm-hmm. you know, Mrs. Blankenship is like, hello. Yeah, yeah, that was a crazy scene. I was like, did she really do that? So, well, I mean, Hannah, let me just tell you something. My own mother said to me, oh, Marzi, that's my nickname, you know, Mare or Marzi, not Marianne. You know, people who know me call me Mare or Marzi. Oh, Marzi, my favorite <laughs> scene in the whole movie is when you go flying out the window. <laughs> wow. And I said, and I said, yeah, but mom, that wasn't me. <laughs> oh yeah, that, yeah. See, and that's another that thing. Cause stunt stunt some people do their stunts. Some people do their own stunts, and then some are like, "Well, I'd rather have a stunt double." So, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be interesting to know too. So, well, a, a scene like that where you have to go out a second story window and land on like a gym mat. The insurance, like, they won't allow actors to do that kind of stunt. Like, I've been in Law and Orders and other things that I've done in my life where I ha- have done my own stunts. Um, mm. But that kind of stunt is, it needs a real professional. And um, I- I'm actually super embarrassed right now that I don't know the name of the, the woman who was my stunt double, but she was only on set for like half a day and I barely met her, but they put a red wig on her and put her in my costume and she went out the window and I was like, this is never going to match. It's never going to match. Her hair is not the same color red mm-hmm. as my hair and blah, blah, blah. And I've watched the movie so many times, as you might imagine. And every time I'm like, oh my God, that looks like me. That's perfect. Yeah, it did. Yeah. They did well with that. I'll tell you this, uh, b- before you dropped it on the podcast, that that, that that was a stunt double. I assumed that was you. So they did. Yeah, I did uh, too. Yeah. So great job. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always game to do... Um, here's just you know a little tidbit uh in the reshoots and this scene is in the theatrical theatrical cut uh it was like you know as i've told you chris like two o'clock in the freaking morning where decisions were being made and no one was 
you know, no one was there. You couldn't contact anyone to say, help, help, H-E-L-P-S-O-S, right? <laughs> the scene where Michael Myers is strangling me um, and on the, you know, chemistry tape, like, you know. In, in the spaceship. On the spaceship. By the way, that just... Uh, I love that so much. I'm calling it the spaceship from now on. <laughs> um, but I always try to explain, like, it's, you know, it's like where it looks like a chemistry lab. And it's like, well, so I'm on the table, the chemistry lab table, like, you know, uh, freshman year chemistry in high school. You're on the lab table. So I'm on the lab table. Mike Myers is strangling me. And, and my, I fake being choked. And then you I, were so I, convincing in that scene too, Mary. And I like was literally holding my breath, hey, and I was about ready to scream, "Let her go!" <laughs> hey, by the way, Aaron, I think I think so too. Like when I caught <laughs> the movie in latter years, I watched it, and I'm like, "Damn, I I really believe." Like my veins were bulging out of my neck. But anyway. I then had to roll over off of the, the chemistry table and just go plump on, and they put like this like rubber mat down. And I was just like, you know what? No, you know what? We can't just like, let me do it. Let me do it. We can't take the time. We can't, I'll roll over, I'll fall on this mat. I don't care. We just need to get on with it. We need to get this movie like done and shot and over. And they're like, okay. And so they <laughs> shoot it. I'm being strangled, allegedly. I'm seeking being strangled. And then we had to shoot like, I just, I'm so out of it from being strangled that I just roll over and I go, call plunk on this little rubber mat that they put by it. But it's just when you, this is what's insane. When you look back on that, that is so crazy. That would never happen on a film set. They would never allow an actor to be put in that sort of, of physical jeopardy. That's why they have stunt people who get paid a pretty penny to do what they do. And they deserve it because they often end up, much like football players or any professional athlete, they end up later in life having a lot of injuries from stunts that go wrong. And they end up in chronic pain and disability. And they need to be paid for it. But that that is a perfect example of how that set was out of control at that, at that, those days of reshoots were crazy. If I gotten injured doing that, I could have sued them so hard and so badly, but I didn't, but you know, because I, I was, I, 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 I was a gymnast and I was an athlete in my youth. So I mean, I, I was fine, but anyway, I go on. Well, that's, that's really uh, awesome. Anyone there? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we're, we're all right just, here. you know, just, just like the, the nights that we stayed up late and I just was quiet and listening to you talk. Like I've said many times, 
we can all just listen to you talk for hours and it's it's great so yeah exactly. you paint you paint, <laughs> you paint such vivid pictures for us to imagine and like like we're able to be there with you so that's why we get quiet i okay i love it thank you thank you so much for answering my question Hannah, thank you so much for listening and thank you for understanding why I wasn't going to get naked in front of these people. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm so glad you stood up for yourself because it's like, yeah, it's and this really is hard, you know? And sweetheart, this was before me too. We're talking 25 years before me too. There was no support oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. me on the set. It was like, she's being a Debbie Downer. She's being a prude. <laughs> I mean, Daniel understood, of course, but the the powers that be were irritated with me, and I had to protect myself because I knew once that was filmed on celluloid, whether it made it into the movie or not, that would be out there for the rest of my life. And I just could not bear the fact that my parents would would know that I was naked on screen or nude on screen. And I just, I stood my ground and I, um, they didn't like me a, a lot that night. And, but I didn't care. I Good. had to protect myself. Good for you. That's, that's really good that you stood up for yourself. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I understand that uh, Mr. Weinstein was upset, but who cares? He's in jail. Yeah, Bob Weinstein. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah. But it's just, uh, like I, I, I tried to reiterate with Hannah, this was long before hashtag me too. I mean, that's why I tried to explain Mariah O'Brien, I mean, she was the one who had to do the nudity in the movie. And that was like a a given. And Mm. she talks about, you can just, you know, Google it and see it, you know, on YouTube. She talks about how it was such a, a, a deep negotiation, but when it came down to it, there was all sorts of issues with camera angle and this and that. And Mariah was raised a hippie child. And, and this, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. You can just Google her interview on YouTube with a, a lot of different outlets. She, she said, this is bullshit. Let's just get this going. And she ripped off her shirt and she just said, just you can shoot both of my boobs. Stop negotiating about how you're <laughs> going to set up the camera to only shoot one of my boobs, because that was in your contract. You can only shoot one side angle of one boob for so many seconds. You just don't understand how much the back and forth negotiations go into something as simple as a nudity contract. But it is. Uh-huh you know, to protect the actress. And she was finally like, you know what? This is like crazy. This is bullshit. I was not on the set that night. 
I was back at the hotel, but she told me about it the next day and we were howling. And, and she just like, I just finally just ripped off my freaking t-shirt and just said, you know what guys, just shoot my tits. I don't care. Stop talking about what angle you're going to shoot to do one boob instead of the other, you know, and those are like the fun stories of, you know, being on a set. Mm-hmm. I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but I'm kind of surprised in a way that there's a per boobage pay scale. <laughs> can you, no, can you believe it? It's true. They, they actually, you actually, it's because it's considered quote unquote more classy. If they can shoot from the side and show the silhouette of, or, or the side angle of one breast of a woman um rather than full frontal nudity which you know in uh, there's just different payment according to the union and all these things and her agent had actually negotiated something to sort of protect her from being exploited and there she is on a set at two o'clock in the morning um, and no one's there to sort of support her because it was a night shoot, you know. And she was just like, can we just get this over with? I don't care. Because she was raised a hippie. And so she, she was like, I didn't care. I was like, why are you like going back and forth about the camera angle and all this stuff? I, I don't care. Just, I'm, rip, just shoot it. Shoot it. Whatever you get, you get. Watch and out then, for the boogeyman. <laughs> right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Um, Hannah, do you have anything else? Uh, I know that um, Matt Gross wanted to call in, and so did Dylan. So, um, No, I believe that is it. It was a serious honor um, being able to talk to you, honestly. Hannah, you're the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest person. And I just, I, I love, I, I feel love for you. Stay safe, stay healthy. I wish only the best for you and your family. And you know what? Friend me on Facebook. Yeah, I think I do have a user friend on Facebook. Oh, are we friends? You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, not one of, you're not one of the weirdo guys that sends yeah, me no. like <laughs> messages saying like, Hey, you're so sexy, and I'm like, what? Yeah, those are the thing is everything. You're like, okay, so you're a nor- you're like a lovely person who has She's manners, and you I, don't. I try, you know, I try. And you succeed. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay, sweetie. All right, you have. All right. Um, you too. Aaron, do you want to take this question from the chat room real quick um, while I get um, Matt queued up here? Absolutely. I'm seeing a question from Jared Grader. He's asking, how was the chasing in the hospital with Dr. Loomis? Wait, um, which uh, which chasing? There, there were... We shot 
a lot of chasing. Um, yeah, Dr. I Loomis, would, what, Dr. Loomis was never a part of running. That's Paul what I was just I, about to say. It was after you guys rescued the baby, after that big, uh, like, and, and we're uh, running with scene. the freaking, yeah. we're running with the freaking baby, and um, we we ran in um, a tunnel back in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And then for the reshoots, we ran in a real hospital um, in downtown Los Angeles that was abandoned. It's called City of Angels Hospital, which at the time was just uh, abandoned. And uh, it was a perfect kind of shoot. And we were running down hallways. But um, Wow, it was abandoned? Up, it, it, at that point, it had been closed up. And do you know if were, it had to be spruced up at all? Because it really didn't look abandoned. You know what? I, 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 I honestly don't know. I know that it was no longer a functioning hospital. Um, and uh, it was used for film sets and stuff like that. And, and I don't know if they, if the, the production design crew did certain things, but there was nothing in the producer's cut that would cause them to have to match it. Um, so I, I really don't know. I know when we got to the end of the running in the, in the producer's cut, I run into Dr. Loomis. He shoves me onto the elevator in the reshoots. We go into um, the science lab and we don't run into Dr. Loomis until later. So I'm, I'm just not sure about the running. Uh, Donald Pleasant could not run at all uh, during, I mean, he couldn't, yeah. he, he, it was obvious. Um, I think I touched upon this with Chris. You did. It was obvious that he was not in tip-top shape. And he, his wife, uh, we, didn't, we didn't even know it was her wife. We thought it was her, his nurse, was, like, taking care of him. And he would be brought back to his trailer in between shots. And, but... Um, I'm just, I want to know more information about what shot I think, uh, this I think was that, talking about because Dr. Yeah. Loomis never ran. Donna Pleasance was in poor health. And as we know, he died mere months after we, we finished the shooting of the movie, which is one of the reasons why I told Chris we were shocked that they were bringing us back to do reshoots because we said, how is that possible? Donald Pleasance is no longer with us on this earth. What, how are you going to do it? Right. Yeah. So, I believe that's what Jared was alluding to. But, yeah. Was that scene? Yeah. But actually, Marianne, I've got a, I've got a, a question from earlier uh, for you, if you don't mind. Um, I know you expressed earlier you know, your personal feelings, you know, you and Paul had about the reshoots. And then when you finally saw the finished product in the theater, uh, but you know, it was your first, you know, uh, major film. 
What was it like seeing yourself on the big screen for the first time? Uh, nauseating. Um, uh, I don't know who that person is. How do, I don't look like that. Um, like, holy shite. I need to like start using moisturizer more. <laughs> I, I mean, I need to get a facial regime going on to like, I mean, I just like, oh my God, I look like a hag. Um, Not at is all. What I, what, was what I was thinking because, you know, I had done a couple of TV shows before that, but this really, you know, in actors' terms was my quote unquote big break um, to, you know, to have the lead, the female lead in Halloween 6. It was a huge deal for me and you know for anyone who knew me and so I really did try to like you know I was like I knew I was gonna be on film and I tried to do moisturizer and stuff um but you know you just look at yourself and it's like holy you know what who's that um no it's it's not and by the way I get very irritated with actors who are like, oh, I hate to see myself on camera TV. I'm like, well, what did you think you were getting into, bitch? But it's like, I get it. I, we're, like, getting, we're getting red-ass Marianne on, live on the air. I love it. <laughs> this is great. No, but I, 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 I hear myself talking, and I'm like, oh, my God. I would, I hate those people who are like, oh, I don't, you know, I can't, like Johnny Depp allegedly has never seen a movie he's ever been in. And I love Johnny Depp. I love him, love him, love him, right? He's amazing. But when he talks about that shit on talk shows and, you know, I'm watching it, he's like, I don't know. I've never seen myself on film. I don't watch it. I'm like, Oh, really? And then when you see, like, a woman saying, like, oh, my God, it's like, oh, I hate it, I hate it, I can't watch it. I'm like, ugh, really, Julia Roberts? <laughs> you know, that's, like, you know, your multi-million dollar career? You know what? Do, do us all a favor. Don't say that. Don't yeah, say exactly. it's really hard for you to see yourself. Believe me, if I was a multimillionaire right now, I would not be saying to you, I, I, I hate seeing myself on film. And when I did see it in the theaters, it was really uncomfortable and weird. I would sort of uh, not be so tone deaf. Um, but seriously, I, when I did see it, you know, I was uh, to my right was friends from college and life, and to my left was family, and I was just melting inside, thinking, "Ugh, I, is that what I really look like?" But by the way, side story: my sister Christine called me the other day, and she said, "Marianne." 
oh my God, I was cleaning out mom and dad's attic and I found a box and there's the most gorgeous picture of you. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous. I don't even know what it's from. I don't know what it is, but I've left it out on daddy's desk and got to see it. So I go over to my parents and I go over to my father's desk and there is an extreme close-up. It is a set photo from uh, the original shoot in oh, Salt Lake City. Oh, sweet. I'm wearing the mistletoe. With, she's a, she said, my, oh, but my sister said, I think maybe it's from my wedding. When you were, um, I wasn't a flower girl, uh, but you know, I was like a member of the wedding. She's like, I think it might've been from my wedding. I don't know. You're, you have flowers in your head or something. So anyway, I, uh, next time I was at my parents, I did go to my father's desk. And I find this photo and it was from the brilliant set photographer, um, um, on the set, you know, in Salt Lake City. And it was from the days that we were shooting on the Druid or, you know, whatever set it was, whatever you want to call the set. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm popping open a Diet Coke, you guys. Hold on. It's a beer. Um, it's a Red Bridge. Oh, it's totally a beer. It's, <laughs> it's I, Miller I time. I don't, I don't drink beer, but if I did, it would be Red Bridge. There you go. Um, there there you go so um and i and i called my sister i was like are you high on drugs <laughs> this is me on the set of halloween six she's like oh my god I, I, I just didn't understand you were wearing flowers you had a wreath of flowers in your hair and but it by the way it's like standing you know on my father's shelf now so now whenever I go into my father's den to, to talk to him and Chris knows that whole situation, um, I, I see it and I, I'm like, wow, I actually looked kind of good. Why didn't I appreciate that at the time? You know? So everyone who's, who thinks they're old or not attractive and then, they're in their teens or 20s, 30s, 40s. Please enjoy it. Yep. Um, on that note, um, are you ready for another audience question? Uh, I'm, I'm, I was born ready. Yeah. Love it. Well, we have our friend Matt Gross. Um, I'm going to unmute I know him. Matt Gross. Do you uh, really? Okay. All right. Well, I do. Yeah. Okay. Matt, we're about to. I mean, un- I don't know him. Here. Know him? Okay. Matt, are you there? Hello, Matt. Hello? Can you hear us? Uh, I can hear you. Matt, are you there? Hello, Matt. Going once. Unmute, Matt. Hannah says. I did. He passed out. LOL. Oh darn! I'm I'm sorry. We missed him. Because, we'll, we'll come back to him. Okay. Well, because um, I I signed a poster for him, so that's yeah. how I I remember his name. And we're friends on on Facebook, and you know I like his stuff. He likes mine. That 
kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, when I was signing uh, those exclusive posters, um, I did remember every single name that I did sign for just because I was looking at it night. Right on. Yeah, okay. Uh, is Matt seriously gone, gone? No, no, he's he's got to unmute himself. Um, okay. That's how Hannah did it, so we're just waiting on him to undo that. But Okay. Um, you know, someone that you heard early on, Dylan Cloud, who was on... Um, I know Dylan very okay. well. There yep. you go. So I've we're never gonna, met him, but I know all about Dylan. We're buddies. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna unmute him, and he wa- he has a question for you. Awesome, Dylan, are you there? Hey, Chris. Hey, buddy, what's going on? How you doing, man? Good. You're on Hi, with Marianne. Hi, Dylan. It's Marianne Hagen. How are you? Hey, Marianne. How you doing? It is an honor and a privilege. Oh, sweetheart, back at ya. I'm I'm hanging in there like everybody else. I'm looking at my uh, my personally signed poster across the room from me right now, and it looks beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. Uh, my question is, because, uh, you know, these days a lot of people, you know, uh, m- movie sets definitely keep tight wraps on wardrobe and, and props and anything like that to make sure actors don't steal them. Did you or anyone on set nab any, any on-set props, costumes, and if so, what were they? Unfortunate, unfortunately, uh, no, I did not. Um, and uh, keep in mind, when we shot uh, the original movie on, um, you know, on you know, on the ground in Salt Lake City, Utah, that was my first lead in a movie, and. I didn't ask for anything, and nor did Paul. I mean, it's not like we were asking for anything. And we just left gracefully, and that was that. But then, you know, when we got the call months later saying, oh, my God, we have to do reshoots, and the costume designer on the original shoot had given away or sold we we don't know the costumes were gone because like all of us she was told the movies in the can get rid of everything so they had to redo my white dress they had to redo everything and make it match and i at that time when we were doing costume fittings for the reshoot which happened really quickly and unexpectedly, I was thinking, holy shite, why didn't I ask for that white freaking dress and get it from the original shoot? Because then this would not be an issue. Like this just wouldn't, they would just be able to use it and they'd be able to copy it perfectly. Uh, But no, unfortunately, no. No costumes, no set items. You know, we didn't, I don't know, we didn't think to ask. I know that sounds silly, but, you know. No, not at all. Um, do, you, do you ever still talk to Paul or any of the old cast? Um, I 
Uh, I don't, I don't talk to Paul like he's my buddy, my friend. I run into him every once in a while for charities that we, uh, that we have a connection to. Um, and it's always amazing and wonderful. And he is seriously one of the loveliest people you could ever meet in your life. There are people in his position who would be complete dicks if you ran into them. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, is that profanity? It's unleashed. You're allowed. No, but I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be freaking real here. But like you would just, because we all know those people who like, are like, oh, so you don't know me anymore. And you know, hashtag uh, authenticity. Exactly. Well, it's like Dan said when he was talking to Chris that you know uh, when he had, when people ask Paul why he doesn't go to conventions and he said well no one ever asked him to you know I think that's kind of cool that he would totally do them I know he's done Comic Con which that's a really big one but that he would what, right he did Comic Con for you know uh, Ant Man and Disney stuff and I mean Paul. Um, I think he's like me. He's at a point in his life where he would happily admit, you know, just show the world that, yes, I was in a horror movie. I was a star of a horror movie. Because he has millions and millions of dollars, and it just doesn't matter to him. And he can be very open and reveal, you know, and just be free with it. And yes, he he was game and down to do the H six reunion convention situation. Um, I talked about this with Chris, um, but apparently uh, Disney slammed down on him and said you can't do any other conventions except for. Uh, Disney conventions. Hello, is anyone there? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So anyway, and uh, you might say, "Oh, I call bullshit on that." I, 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 I really believe. Um, Mike uh, Perez, who's my agent for the conventions, is a really wonderful human being, and I know he wouldn't lie about it. And he's the one who told me, and uh, I believe it because I ran into Paul for shooting an indie movie up in Rhinebeck, New York, and uh, that's where uh, Paul and his family have a house. You know, uh, if you live in New York, you don't really want to live in the city anymore, and so you live, you know, you go north and you go into New York State and the Catskills and where it's lovely and clean and there's, you know, trees and stuff. Um, and I, I was, I had a break from shooting and I was walking down the street and Paul actually has a candy store there, which I did not know. Hello. Uh, I didn't know at all. I'm walking down the street and I'm looking into the store window and I was like, holy shit. That guy looks exactly like Paul. And I opened the door, I walked and I was like, Polly? Because that's what I used to call him on set. I was like, Polly? He's like, oh my God, what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? 
in a candy store. And he was like, I own this store. This is my store. And when we went outside and we just, we talked for, you know, hours. And as I said, coincidentally, we're both supporters of uh, two different charities, um, uh, Project ALS, which is about, you know, finding a cure for ALS, which includes Parkinson's and Huntington's disease and any other progressive neurological disease. And then um, say Stuttering Association for the Young, which is for young people who stutter. Um, and so anyway, but I, I really do believe that Paul, if the time worked out, and stuff, Paul would absolutely do it, and we would we would have a blast. But you know, it's just very sad that all the conventions this year have been canceled. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the coolest thing I've ever heard that Paul Rudd owns a candy store. Look it up, sweetheart. <laughs> that's amazing. He owns a in Rhinebeck, New York. I, I didn't know it either. Um, and then, by the way, after it, I was texting with this. Uh, other person I know, and I said, uh, "Yeah, everything's going well on, on the set on the movie." Um, and uh, it's so weird. I ran into Paul Rod today! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! And the friend wrote back, "He owns that candy store in Rhinebeck," and I was like, "Yeah, that's exactly where you know I saw him." I, why have you never told me? I just didn't know. I don't think a lot of people know that he owns the store. It doesn't say Paul Rudd's candy. It just is like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a candy store. It's adorable. Like they sell other things other than candy, but it's really lovely. And Rhinebeck is just one of the most lovely river towns along the Hudson River. So it's just very cool. Bottom line is Paul Rudd is freaking cool oh, and, yeah, I, cool and i say that because last night i re-watched almost famous which is a, one of my favorite movies do you know that movie about you know cameron crow and absolutely yeah yep. okay yeah. yep so when billy crudup who is another like one of the loveliest people ever when his character um says just make us look cool um i was was howling once again because i was like of course i mean that's what anyone wants like it's just like i don't care if i'm giving you an interview just make me look cool So, yeah, like the fact that Paul Rudd is cool, that he owns a cool candy store and everyone wants to look cool. And there you have it. Well, I don't want to hold the line tune uh, up too much more. I just wanted to say two things. One to Chris, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm now super excited about the movie you're doing. And, uh, Cause you know, I, uh, even before that, I knew you, that I, we're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, but even before <laughs> I met you, I, I, you know, I found H30 and H35 kind of just organically on YouTube, and I loved them. Um, so you. I think that's kind of cool that I, uh, I now know the guy that made them. Um, but uh, I blew the chance when I when I went to a convention here in Atlanta. I don't want to get too starstruck, but H6 was one of the last uh, Halloween movies that I saw as I was coming into the franchise because with all the rights 
you know, errors that went on over the years. AMC would never show it during Fear Fest every year, which is the only way I could watch them because I didn't have them. So when I first saw it, for even for all of its faults, I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with your performance. And 12-year-old me, you know, which is funny to say because I wasn't even born when the movie came out, but it's so stoked to talk to you. And I think it's – I don't, and I appreciate Chris for, for getting this together and making this happen for the fans. Quick question. Is Cloud your last – really your last name? Or yes. are you like a rock star who like, you know, in almost things you change your name to Dylan Cloud? He can dream. No, that's my real last name. Wow. You have a really freaking cool name. Thank you. <laughs> and right now he's Dylan Cloud Nine. I was just about to say that. <laughs> no, uh, iCloud was my name in high school. One of the ROTC commanders gave me in uh, DC and snow and all that kind of uh, cloud related. Oh, right, right. All, all the you know the, the you know the things that they could make fun of about your last name being Cloud. But I mean, it seriously is is one of the coolest names I've ever seen. Whenever I see it on Facebook, I'm like, dang, Dylan Cloud? That's such a cool name. Wow. Thank you. That's so cool to hear. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we figured out what, uh, what Matt, uh, what the issue was, and it was just something he needed to get out of the system and come back. He's ready to come on if you'll have him. Absolutely. It's great. All right, Matt, are you there? Hey, 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 I'm not passed out. There he is. Hey, Matt. Live and loud. Hey, Marion. Thanks for being on here. And also, thank you very much for that signed poster. Oh, my God. You're, you're more than welcome. And I was, like, like semi-stressed out a couple minutes ago when we couldn't get in touch with you. And I was like, we have to, we have to, because you're my friend on Facebook. I see your name all the time. And you're just like you know kind of part of my daily life when i'm just scrolling through facebook so glad we got you how are you no that's awesome to hear no thank you and i'm doing pretty uh damn good a little tired uh i'm probably gonna make this you know short because i gotta go to get up and get to work in the morning um yeah. i just wanted to ask uh what did you uh what do you think of your uh gpw6 that mr morgan made for you GPW, I'm sorry, what? The George P. Wilbur 6, uh, your mask, your personal copy. Oh, are you kidding? No. I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm like, what do I think of it? Yeah, I what mean, was your reaction when you got that mask? Okay, here, here's the deal. I, uh, I didn't ever want. Halloween six mask. I never thought about it. It's nothing like that. I, 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 I've looked back at interviews, you know, on YouTube where I talked about the mask and like Myers and, uh, you know, the psychological thing of the expressionless mask and blah, blah, blah. But for years and years and years, I never thought about it. And when Chris said, I'm going to send you, I'm making you a mask. And when he sh- sent me the photos of the mask in progress i was so freaking blown away and i i just didn't 
get it. I didn't understand that you have to be an artist to be able to do what he does. And I uh, completely respect artists. I consider myself sort of one, but you have to have a creative soul. And I wrote him, I said, you are like an artist. You're, you're a sculptor. And it takes an enormous amount of talent to do that. So when the mask arrived to me, I, uh, and Chris also sent me, um, didn't Dylan do the stand? No, um, Jim Birdsall, he, he his his name is B Man Jim on Facebook. He's the one that did the stand. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's another um, great artist. All right, but anyway, put- I, I I put it on the stand and it's at my bedside table. Um nice. every night of my life. So that that just tells you what I think of it. And I do have a funny story of if anyone I mean, do we have time? I, yes, we got we, we got all the time. I was actually going to ask you to tell the story, but go ahead. Okay, so um, the apartment that I live in, um, there was an issue with my HVAC system, and these repair guys came, and they were in my house and stuff, and uh, this guy saw the mask, and... He was like, oh, my God, is that Michael Myers? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he's like, my girlfriend. I mean, like this woman I'm talking to. And I said, oh, so you've never met her, but you're just like texting her online that she's your quote unquote girlfriend. Okay, young boy, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and he's like, my girlfriend is obsessed with the Halloween movies. And I was like, please, like, text her right now. Tell her you're in my apartment and take a picture of the mask. Like, within seconds, she was like, oh, my God. She's, like, (laughs) flipped out. Oh, my God. You did me. She's going to, like, love me. She's freaking out. And she was, like, saying, no way. No way. That is not, are you kidding? Like that is Michael Myers. Don't you, now you understand what I've been talking about and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so anyway, like the guy, I made the guy's freaking life. I, actually, Chris Morgan made the guy's freaking life, life because he like kind of was sort of dating this woman, which means he was texting her over the phone. Um, and by doing that, he got so much street cred. He's like, I and when yeah, he, you probably helped him get more than that. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, that's what I thought. I didn't want to say it, but when he was leaving with the other guys, he's like, I can't even. I can't even thank you enough for this. And I was like, Jesus Christ, is that all it takes <laughs> these days with like young kids, like? Maybe, I, I mean, uh, I, wow, I need to utilize this uh, situation <laughs> more. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, no, I, bottom line is I love the mask. It's a work of art and it's, it sits on my bedside table. 
No, it's a beautiful mask. And like it's you said, gorgeous. Chris Chris is an artist. And Chris, also, again, thank you for making this happen also, too. Uh, you're welcome. Um, now, tell tell Marianne what uh, your family does. Uh, Damn he, it. He's, Dude, he's you, a- you, already, you already took the words out of my mouth. I was going <laughs> to ask her now. Now, from also being from New York, do you like maple syrup? <laughs> This is not who a trick does question. Not, who, who, do, uh, do I like maple syrup? Yes, I because love, I'm also from New York. I, My family uh, makes our own uh, maple syrup up here in upstate New York. I love maple syrup. I love maple syrup on pancakes. I love it on pizza. I like to take maple syrup and put a little bit in my hair when I've had a rough week. What do you think holds it up, Slick? Do I like maple syrup? I do not like maple syrup. I love maple syrup I mean, hell yeah that's the answer i wanted to hear <laughs> yeah <laughs> maple syrup you... is the only sugar i really like actively use you know um i just use the maple syrup i can get at the grocery store like um you know the like it says organic maple syrup but you your family has a, a maple syrup farm in upstate new york where about Yep, uh, we're about an hour between Syracuse and Albany. Yeah, I know, but you said that. But what town? Oh. I mean, is there a name I'm, of the town? Mohawk, Mohawk, New York. Okay, I know Mohawk, New York. So you need to really? like say that. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I don't See, whatever know. You're, oh my God! As a child, we would take trips upstate. And you see signs from Mohawk, New York, and uh, I mean Mohawk, New York, Cooperstown. It's, it's a, no, it's not just like you're like it's a town between Albany and Syracuse. It's like, yeah, I know Albany, small Albany, and <laughs> uh, that's great. Syracuse, yeah, I know a few people who went to that university. Not a fan, um, but yeah, I mean Mohawk. Of course, I know Mohawk. I mean that's like a gorgeous, beautiful area of upstate New York. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're not too far from the Adirondacks. Exactly. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, wow, that's huge. It's amazing. It's amazing. But if, you, if you are interested, I would gladly send you a bottle of our delicious maple syrup. Uh, I think you know I'm interested. Can I give you my <laughs> um, address? Like, absolutely. I'm, I'm yep. Serious yep. This, right now. Yep. Like, yep. Absolutely. Send me a private message on Facebook, and we'll get it all squared away. Okay, you got it. I guess we right. sleep. All right. All right yep. That's all I got for everyone tonight. Y'all. Thank you for having me on, everyone. Marion, you have a good night. Chris, Aaron, thanks thank for you. being here, Dylan. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Don't Dylan. Call. Thanks, Matt. Yep. All right. Um, we got we got a couple more on deck. We have Chad Rose who wants to uh, ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Chad, are you there? Hello, Chad. Chad, are you there? Hey, you guys. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Right, we perfect. can now. Hi. Hey. Well, Mary, I just want to start off by thinking, you know, thanking you for uh, taking time out of your night to do this with us. Oh, my God. It's so my, my pleasure, and thank you for thanking me. Of course. Um, my question is kind of a two-parter. Um, I know you discussed on the podcast about, you know, you and Paul had signed, uh, you know, signed contracts for – 
doing a possible part seven. Is there yep. anything that you can kind of elaborate as far as like what that story might have looked like or any kind of ideas that were thrown out to you guys? No, not at all. Um, you know, I think uh, you might have heard uh, from Chris's interviews with Daniel Ferenc. Daniel Ferenc, it's a miracle that they chose him to, to do six um, because you know, he didn't have an agent. He wasn't a known screenwriter. Uh, he, but he just was so um, knowledgeable about the franchise and wrote an amazing script. And he just pushed and pushed and pushed. And so um, when, so we signed the contracts to do Halloween 6, of course, because I read it and I loved it and... You know, auditioned for it many, many times. Uh, and then there was a second, there was a writer asking, um, will you sign your, your name away to commit to doing Halloween 7? And my agent and Paul's agent, rightly so, were hesitant about it because you just don't know. Like, what does that mean? Like, how is this, if this movie turns out not good, that, you know, what does that mean? Like, you're then entrapped in doing Halloween 7. That's what we thought at the time. Because at that time, sweetheart, it was 1996. And at that time, Jamie Lee Curtis's narrative was being a a scream queen ruined her life, ruined her acting career, and she never wanted to hear or talk about the Halloween movies ever again. How ironic. <laughs> so, um, so, it, it, it's not like, it was kind of a big deal for us to say, no, you know, we said no, 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 and then, Ultimately, long story short, we did sign it, but it was partially based on the press and everything that um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis had said about the Halloween franchise. Like, if you literally Google and you go back to the mid '90s, she is she excoriates the entire franchise. She never wants to be a part of it ever again. And it ruined her chances of being taken as a quote-unquote serious actress. And no one will ever take her seriously because she was a scream queen. And then, as we know... Ten million friends stepped in. <laughs> well... Ten million, ten million plus. Well, no, but... After using Halloween 6 as an experiment, Bob Weinstein, you know, got uh, some serious people to be involved with, quote unquote, Halloween 7, which was never Halloween 7. Um, but, and she was offered an enormous amount of money. And she said, listen, I have two kids to put through college. So... There you go. Oh, and yeah. now, I, now I genuinely think she loves her character and she embraces 
that character of Laurie Strode embraces uh, Michael Myers and her this obsession over all these years. Because I follow her on Instagram and I've seen all of her speeches about like Michael Myers is evil and I fought evil my whole life and you know blah 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 and that's all great, all amazing, wonderful. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, I'm sorry. The question was what? Oh no, you're fine. Uh, just kind of like no, what? no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you just, but what the question was about Paul and I signing the contract for, for Halloween yeah, did seven. You know, yeah. Did you know what the story was going to be or prior? No, to no, no. Okay. So in my mind, the only person who could have written Halloween seven was Daniel Ferens and that didn't happen. And we were all quite shocked because we thought that, Tommy Doyle's character and my character, Kara Strode, and, uh, were characters that were going to be developed into Halloween 7, and they weren't. Well, so, they, de- well they definitely set up uh, t- uh, Paul's character, Tommy, of being the new Loomis uh, to chase Michael. And, mm-hmm. that, and then you were set up to be the new Laurie Strode, basically. And mm-hmm. so that was the, like, out of all the problems, that was the thing that I think that a lot of us were going, that could be really interesting going forward. And it, we just never got it, unfortunately. Agreed. Not yet. Yeah, well, you know, we just, because we weren't asked to be in the movie, no, we we didn't have any access to any script. I mean, uh, yeah, no, it was just Halloween 6. Um, kind of a follow-up to that. So I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of the franchise and, you know, I, I kind of, I, I, I listen to podcasts. I watch all the special features on the bonus disc and everything. Um, my fiance just actually sent me this tonight during this, uh, the show. It's an article from We Minored and Film and it's nine things you may not know about Halloween 6. And one of the topics is the endings. And I guess there was an ending that took place in the bus station um, it says, in another version, Loomis discovered that Kara was dead in the bus station where Jamie had hidden the baby earlier in the film, only to find little Danny bloody and catatonic holding a knife and the baby. Do you remember nope. that ending? Nope. Never, ever, 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 ever. And Daniel Ferens will back me up on this. That is neither one. The original script that I read before I auditioned uh, there's n- never anything about it ending in the bus station and there's nothing ever no nothing nothing that's bullshit I, I kind of thought so like I said I mean I'm a big fan so like I listen to a lot yeah, of podcasts well, tell your fiance that's, that's <laughs> complete I don't know what website she's looking at but that's bullshit and <laughs> this is like the real deal no I <laughs> I understand that things did change on the set, and but I was there. I was on the ground. I was in the trenches, and neither one of those ever, ever were it's funny, even I, remotely I even, discussed. Right, because I even said too, I was like, that is the only thing out of this whole entire article that I was like, I did not know that. Like, that is the only thing that I was like, wow, really? Because that is something that I've never heard before, so... Yeah, not, not not factual. I definitely wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, you know, as far as if it was true or not. 
Well, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Chad, I really appreciate you calling in. We're going to get the next Chad on the line, if that's okay, if you're, uh, if that's all you got. Oh, yeah, go for it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. Thanks here, Take Chad. care. You too. Bye. All right. We're going to get Chad Morphis on. Um, he, he, has a, he has a question for you. Hi, Chad. Chad, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Chad is another person I signed a poster for. Like, yes, I always remember the names of the people that I, I've signed for. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, and thank you for that poster. It means a lot. Uh, thank Chris. Yeah, thank <laughs> Well, thank you're, both of y'all. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, before I ask my question, I wanted to share a weird experience I had. Um, I don't remember which episode it was, but the episode where y'all talked about you making an appearance on Friends um, I came mm -hmm. home from work that day after listening to the episode and lo and behold on my TV was that episode of friends playing on TV. <laughs> I do not. I mean, I swear to God, I, I dropped my keys and everything. And uh, I was like, Oh my God, that's the episode. That's Marianne standing there. It's Joanne. And, yeah. Isn't and that I, weird when that happens in life? Cause that's happened to me too. Where you feel like I have just manifested something in front of me that I was like thinking about, and like, and then like, there it is. And it's like, there is no coincidence in life, man. Like, coincidence? I don't think so. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there, there's that great movie, um, Steven Soderbergh directed, I can't remember the name of it. There's a character who, continuously says coincidence i don't think so <laughs> and it's like someone who believes in like there's like the divine other thing and i feel that way often when i just have been thinking about something and then i turn on the tv and like there it is and i just feel like wow the, there is definitely something else happening in the world in the universe you know right right so um my question i guess would be um <laughs> now after seeing all the other uh halloween uh episodes um if you could have put yourself in any of the roles in any of the other films which one would you have liked to have been in how dare you how dare you ask me a question that's so hard um it would I, one thousand percent without hesitation it would be laurie strode in halloween one that's the original what I, halloween period done period that's it well you answered my uh question about the tim Stroh's uh stomach pounder already so that's the only one i could think of so. yeah <laughs> Okay, well, I appreciate the answer. Well, thank you for joining. You're so welcome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chad. Take care. Thank, thank you. Love you. Love you, too. Right, bye. bye, babe. All right. Um, you still with us, Marianne and Aaron? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm here. 
All right, perfect. Um, I want to throw out a last call to everyone uh, that is that that is with us. Some of them had to sign up to because they got work tomorrow. But uh, I want to give everybody a chance that wants to ask questions. Um, with um, all of the convention circuits being completely shut down for until whatever God knows when. Yes, um, we were. I, I was initially talking to a convention to reach out to Marianne's agent to try and organize a Halloween six reunion convention here in Orlando. Unfortunately can't happen. So what, what we're trying to plan on doing, I mean, we're going to do this regardless, but we're going to start working on putting the guest list together of who could be with us, but we're going to have a live episode on the anniversary date, September 29th, 2020, 25 years after the original Halloween six was released into theaters. And we're going to do a watch along with the producers cut with hopefully I know you will be here. Uh, We're trying to get Dan Ferens, Devin Gardner and Mariah O'Brien. So we're trying to get them and then maybe it'll grow from there. And, uh, but that's our plan. I can't imagine I, I not being able to get them. Uh, although it could be scheduling, be, though. You know, it could be scheduling. Could be anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, other than like a yes. huge scheduling cluster thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's that's the plan as of now, and we're gonna do it Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Where absolutely, we're, I was where just we're just gonna to have a blast. So, Yay! I'm yeah. excited. I, I'm I'm completely excited, and Chris, you know, you know, we've talked about it. Um, I just don't see it being an issue getting Mariah to partake and uh, Devin Gardner, who played Danny, my son, who is now a grown-up ass adult. Um, it's so insane. I told you about um, when we did the conventions a few years ago. And when Michael Perez said, you know, this is, you know, this is Devin, you know, and I'm like, what? He's six foot three, like a full grown man with brown hair and a brown beard. And I I just didn't have any, and I, I was like, what? He's like. Marianne, it's Danny, your son. And we were at the convention and we were, you know, it was the first day of the convention or when everyone was arriving. And I just screamed. I hugged him so hard. And then I was just like, I I can't believe it. I mean, he was a little blonde boy when we shot the movie in Salt Lake City and that and he and his parents they lived in Salt Lake City, Utah. He still lives there. And I, but it was just extraordinary. But anyway, we, we bonded completely and I just I, I can't see it being an issue uh for uh, for him. But as you said it might be a scheduling thing, but um I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I can reach out to him and he'll be a part of it. Well I Sounds I'm, like he's grown into being a lumberjack. Yeah. <laughs> he's a total lumberjack. He was he wears like plaid shirts. 
He's like Paul Bunyan. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was just, it was just, I can't even explain it to you. Um, and I mean, by the way, he was not an actor. It's not like he was a child actor. He was just, he didn't continue his career as a child actor. He has another job, you know, living in Utah. And that was just kind of a one-off thing for him. Um, and I was just, I was just stunned, stunned because there's just no way you could ever take a picture of that blonde little boy and then take a picture of him today and ever know that they were the same person. Sounds like he holds a very special place in his heart for you though. Well, Oh, that's real. I, you know, I, I, yeah. You did it, Aaron. You stumped her. <laughs> I was just going to say, Chris, you've rendered me speechless. And that's not easy to do. That was great. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're, we're looking forward to September 29th and having, you know, uh, a reunion. Absolutely. I will and, literally be counting down the days. And I'm going to do my best. <laughs> I am going to do my best to figure out if we can get baby Steven all grown up on the show at age 25. Well, uh, like, you know, there's reality shows about the guy who's called the locator. Uh-huh. Who, there you, you know, go. he gets on the internet and he finds like the mother who abandoned her child you know, when the the kid was one year old and he's never gotten over it. And like, he tracks down, you know, the mother. I'm just wondering, would it, could it ever be possible to track down the baby? I think you'd have to start in Salt Lake City Uh and, and just find random parents who would let their child be used like that on a on a film set and and then just i don't know out of everything else that you can find on the internet nowadays (laughs) no yeah you know what good point good point um but yeah uh i want to ask you hindsight being 2020 uh given what you know now and the end result of H6 not being the story that you signed on uh, to participate and play a character in, uh, would you still, if you had it to do over again, would you still sign on to play the character of Kara Strode knowing that the story was not going to be the one that was ultimately released to the fans and to the public uh, that you signed on to portray? That's a great question. Yes. See, I knew you were going to say yes, but, you know, I, I, I had and, and no reference to the band, yes. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I want I, – I would pay, like, a lot of money to get a yes vintage T-shirt, wouldn't you? I mean, that would be so fun to walk around. I'm so into vintage T-shirts. Um, oh, and- if you're into vintage T-shirts, I can provide you many a links. Are you freaking kidding? Okay, good. not at all. Um, but 
you know, I don't go out of my way, but you know, I used to go to thrift stores and I would like find stuff. And by the way, Chris, the the t-shirt you sent me uh-huh. has been worn. I, I wear it over a long sleeved t-shirt, you know, a long sleeve, like, you know, it's a short sleeve. T- you know, that look like you wear. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm Gen X. So like when all, everything fails, I just fall back on grunge fashion. We like roll the, up our t-shirt sleeves and go grunge. Absolutely. There you go. I'm wearing a flannel t-shirt, uh, a flannel shirt. Oh, she like, broke out the flannel. I love flannels. Flannel. Uh, like plaid flannel shirt with like ripped jeans, you know, and it's like, yeah, this actually is a, a, a fashion statement. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I would say yes. The only 2% hesitation I have is just how much it hurt me at the time, the, the, the backlash. Um, but now that we're fast forward into today, I, I have to say yes. I, I absolutely would have done it. Um, would do it again. And I mean, I got to work with Donald Pleasance. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That is such a, an honor and something that just was so unexpected. And it was just such an act of grace coming down in my life that allowed me to be able to meet him and talk with him when he was mere months from leaving this earth, I mean, that was amazing. So yes, I would do it all, all over again. I would say yes to that opportunity. Absolutely. Cause you know, every Halloween movie that's been done since H six without Mr. Pleasance being in it, it yeah. just, it's, it, 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 it just, it lost its heart when when he left this earth. I mean, it just it has not been the same. You know, it it might be wrapped in a really uh, sparkly wrapper, but it's just it's lacked. It's lacked him. It's lacked its heart. It's just it's it, lacked that it, presence. You know, you know what I think it is. I think it lacks soul. Yes, yep. agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's a cash yeah. grab now, and that's the problem. Um, right. The whole zombie thing. I mean, it just, uh, it just got so, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I just, I, I just couldn't res- respond to any inquiries about my opinion about, you know, Rob Zombie taking over Halloween. What do you think? What do you think? I had to say, I, 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 I have no, no opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no opinion because I haven't fucking seen it. And this was still back when I was, you know, still like, I can't talk about the Halloween thing franchise because whatever. And especially because, you know, it became this whole thing with Rob Zombie and it was just, it seemed weird. And, but, you know, I will get a chance to watch, you know, all of Zombie's versions of, you know, the new movie. I mean, it's now, it's like 
what is it? It's like, it's like the Star Wars thing. It's like, are we back to one or are we going forward? Which movie are we on? What's happening? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like when the new Halloween comes out, I'm like, well, it's like Halloween and they don't say like it's Halloween. Well, we need to call it Halloween Common Core at this point. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know what? I, ex- Thank you. Done. I, I, I just don't I don't get it. Um, I, I, I do want to say this. Mike, drop um, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that T-shirt that you were talking about, uh, the company that made it, the one of the owners is actually in the chat room right now. His name is Greg Rawls, um, and it's Just oh, Right just right Printing. So of that course, shirt, of course, yes. yes. Uh, so. I, I, Greg, if, if you, can he hear me? He can hear you. He's just—he oh, can definitely hear you. Yeah, he okay, can hear you. awesome, Greg. The T-shirt is freaking awesome, and I wear it on top of a white long-sleeved like flannel shirt, and I get compliments on it all the time. Um, and uh, the other day, uh, this woman who works at the store, her name is Stella, and I go into the store all the time. And I kind of vibed from her that she was a horror fan just based on her vibe. I can't explain it. I just understand. She's young and she she's a, kind of a misfit. I just could tell. Like she and I said, You see this person right here? And I pointed to the knife. I said, That's me. And she was <laughs> like, Oh my God. <laughs> And she's like, I love the Halloween movies. Are you freaking kidding me? And I was like, no. I was in Halloween 6. And she's like, I'm freaking out right now. I can't even talk to you. And I'm like, Stella, you've known me for, what, like four years now? This is just me. She's like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she's like, how can I get one of those T-shirts? And I said, I can... I can give you mine, and like I was thinking, I could ask you for another yeah, one. You could, oh, but absolutely. she really wants one. I don't know. We can talk about it, you know, privately. Sure. But yeah, we whatever. Can. Greg said it's already in the mail to you. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's beautiful. It's brilliant, and it's so up my alley. I'm totally where I'm the kind of girl that wears the black t-shirt of like the band that I love. I have this bedazzled ACDC. Oh my God, stop calling me. With, with <laughs> Angus Young, it's like his face is like completely the entire t-shirt. I've got Mick Jagger uh, from, I don't know what year it would be, but his lips are bedazzled. It doesn't matter. He looks the same regardless. <laughs> I know he really he really did make a deal with the devil, right? I think he's just like more plastic than he is flesh at this point. He he looks seventy years old, seventy years ago. One thousand percent, right? And but it's just like his lips are like bedazzled, or like uh, whatever the girl little girls call it, like uh, sprinkles or that you know what they call it. Um, uh glimmer glitter 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 that's it glitter <laughs> right 
Yep. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, you guys. Um. Anyway, it's all glitter. His lips are like red glitter. Like I'm all about the short sleeve black t-shirt with a rock and roll band or a horror movie like the one that you created. So thank you, Greg. All right. Well, on that note, um, we thank you for, for, for being with us and, and giving us your time and being patient while we got the live technical difficulties going, but everyone has seemed to have a great time tonight. Everyone has. So I'm, we really, thank I'm you. so glad. I'm and so glad. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much, Aaron. And thank you so much, everyone who listened and we'll talk soon. Mary, I thank Absolutely. you so much for being here with us tonight and for letting us monopolize your time. Like we have, we cannot thank you enough. You know, it's my pleasure. Honestly. Ours as well. Okay. All right. Have a good night, Marianne. You guys too. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.